Good Tuesday afternoon, everybody. Thank you for joining us for episode 20 of our Mental Dimes Bump and Run coverage. A lot of stuff to talk about today. Probably the most pressing, which we'll have uh, breaking news for you, is the college football official playoff poll. So we'll get to that. Um, they are counting them down, so we're almost there. Uh, while we're there finishing up with that, before we talk about that, we'll get the housekeeping stuff out of the way. Uh, please check us out at mentaldimes.com for all your sports and activity needs. We got betting advice. We got all the major sports covered, a lot going on, NFL, uh, World Series, NBA, college basketball about to start off. So definitely give us a check. Uh, also, if you want to interact with us directly at college football, our Twitter is at Mental Dimes CFB. Uh, we'll respond to you there. We put out a lot of polls and information whenever we get it. If you want to talk to myself, Neville Triplett, or co-host T-Mac, uh, you can get us for T-Mac, hitting off threes and draining threes at TM underscore swish, myself at NG Triplett, uh, and the Mental Dimes parent uh, Twitter is at Mental Dimes. So feel free to hit us up uh, there. All right, T-Mac, we got the rankings out yet? Man, Coach Tripp, I got it on right behind me here. Here at the, uh, I'm here at the golf course right now, and they, uh, they're, they're, we're, we're, we're. This is live breaking news right here. So, so we're, we're, we're breaking this live. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, they've already released. Um, they've gone. They started. Well, they started. They do the whole top twenty-five. But starting at six, they've gone with Bama. Uh, five, a little bit of a shocker here. Uh, they've come in with Michigan. Uh, so Michigan, who's been in the top four all year in the uh in the ap poll is, is sitting on the outside around they're at number five i didn't think they'd put them uh leave them out uh clemson coming in at number four and then this might be the biggest shocker right here they are putting um they put georgia at three so okay wow gonna have a lot of uh upset dog fans yeah and then uh they just released the final two right there they've got ohio state at two and tennessee has has stormed out of nowhere they're coming in at number one in the uh the first CFP rankings right here. This is this is pretty cool right here. It's kind of cool that we're getting it in live right here, right behind us. But man, what are your what are your initial thoughts about that so far? So man, I am uh, pleasantly shocked. Um, one of the things is, um, you know, I, I really think uh, Tennessee they got it right, um, being at number one where they are right now. Look, they got a huge game this weekend, so we'll know a little bit more. Uh, Bama, I think, should be about where they are with that one loss. Granted, it was to Tennessee. Uh, Michigan, I'm a little surprised that they're on the outside looking in, jumping over Clemson, um, but I can live with that because I think that's all going to play out. Clemson has, uh, you know, Notre Dame this weekend, and uh, Michigan and Ohio State still have to play. So still a lot of football uh, left to be decided, but I really like the direction they went. Uh, they didn't stay with what the AP or the coaches had. I think they got uh, number one right. Uh, I think you could make the argument that they got number two right, although I would entertain listening to Georgia at three. Um, but I am a little surprised with that Clemson-Michigan. I do think they probably missed the boat there. Um, I, I, I probably think um, Michigan is probably a little bit better. Their schedule's uh, a little bit more challenging, but we shall see. Um, so what are your thoughts, uh, the first official uh, rankings? Wow, no, I mean, they threw a bunch of curveballs at us, and I you – know, I I kind of like it. I think it's kind of cool that they're going away from what the general public is probably thinking. Of. I think Tennessee's been great. I, I actually love, I, I love the fact that they've put Tennessee at number one. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised they did it. I really, honestly, Coach Tripp, I thought they would, uh, 
I, I thought Ohio State, you know, I, I've been a, been a Buckeye fan. I'm kind of on the bandwagon a little bit. I expected Ohio State to probably be number one, but I love that they, I love that they've gone with Tennessee at number one. I think Tennessee's been well deserving. I mean, I think some of the some of these wins they've had are, are very convincing wins. Of, of course, the Bama game sticks out more than anything able to win that one. But you know, after a big win this past week against your Kentucky Wildcats, uh, um, you know, I, th- I think that really made them. I think that gave them the jump. And you saw Ohio, Ohio State a little bit of a struggle. I think it was a good win for them uh, on the road, but, but struggled a little bit with Penn State and then. Um, you know, Georgia has been a team that's been a little bit up and down. Um, you know, I think Georgia, of course, reigning national champions. Um, they've got their national championship coach and, and quarterback duo back. But Georgia has been a little up and down so far this year. I think they're kind of the team that they're kind of hard to figure out. You know, I think I think everybody still sees them as being dominant. But the fact that, you know, they've, they've had a few just head scratching ends. Uh, I think I think the college football Playoff committee is probably taking that into consideration, and then, uh, quite frankly, I'm really shocked that Michigan got left out. I've been a big uh, anti-Michigan guy, but I'm surprised at this early, this first ranking that they're already left out. Figured they'd probably fall out of the poll eventually when they with look anything can happen. They could, they might beat Ohio State, but I, I figure that that they'd probably fall out of the poll once they lost to Ohio State if that does end up being the case. Uh, but I'm, I'm really surprised they threw Clemson in there this early. Well, here's here's the good news. If you're a Georgia Bulldog fan, you don't have to wait long. This Saturday, you get your shot at the number one team, yeah. so you can handle your business on the uh, on the field. And then, should Georgia win that, there should be no question that not only would Georgia, I would expect, go to number one, but also deserve to be there. You know, these rankings are are so. Uh, this early are, are kind of subjective and, and we people like us and fans love to talk about it, love to argue about it. But uh, if Georgia's feeling slighted a little bit, they go win Saturday, they end the argument. They're, they're back. They have to be back to number one in my mind. And so uh, that's what I really love about this is that, look, we can, we can talk about it and who should be where, but ultimately they're going to play it on the field. Um, we know that Michigan, Ohio state, as you mentioned, have to still play each other. Uh, obviously, um, some of these these teams, you know, in the SEC, two of them are going to have to make the uh, SEC championship game. So, uh, you know, there's a chance for Alabama to get back in it should they run the table, get in into the championship game and win it. Uh, obviously, Tennessee's in the driver's seat, but Georgia's right there. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll know a lot more after this Saturday. And then, of course, uh, the deeper we get into November going into December, uh, things will start to shake out. But I'm really excited. I'm really glad that these rankings are officially out because, you know, we've talked about the AP and the coaches poll, you know, for several weeks, you know, even in, in, since the summer. Uh, but as we tried to stress, those don't really mean anything uh, as far as playoffs go. And, and these do. And again, these rankings, uh, as you mentioned earlier, certainly can change. But boy, this really uh, makes us feel like we're right in the thick of things. We've got the first playoff rankings. We're going into the first uh, weekend of November, a huge game, number two, Tennessee at number one, Georgia, according to, you know, the, the rankings, not the playoff rankings. Now it would be number one, Tennessee at number three, Georgia, if you're going by the playoff rankings. So huge implications there. So I'm, I'm super excited about that. I think, I think the college football committee has come out and said, and look, we know, you know, the committee changes from year to year. I'm, uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure on if they, if they serve a term or if they change it every year, but um, I think this this college football committee that's on it right now. I think this is where the, this is their way of saying, "Look, 
style points are going to matter. You know, you got to look good in your wins. I think that's, you know, they've come out and said that, and, you know, they're rewarding Tennessee for that right right now, I think. And um, Tennessee and Ohio State, I think they're rewarding those two teams. And, and look, they're, they're coming out and saying, you know, you're not going to have to just win. You need to look good in your wins. Um, I, I think they're they're probably punishing Georgia a little bit, and I think they're they're really punishing Michigan uh, by leaving them out. So, you know, it's it's an interesting, it, it's fun, it's cool that it's right off the bat. You know, hey, uh, Georgia, like you said, is getting a chance to prove themselves here early on. Not that they have too much to prove, but Georgia's getting a chance here early on to say, hey, we deserve uh, that top that top ranking. And man, uh, uh, you know, I mean, I know they're already favored. Georgia is favored in. You know that game's going to be in uh, uh, in Georgia. It's going to be a home game for them, so it, it's going to be interesting to see how that game right off the bat. I think one thing that this this kind of hurts the SEC. Um, uh, it, it hurt. It hurts that um, you know if you if you're a Bama fan, thinking, gosh, you know if we have to play Georgia, uh, and there's it, it hurts an SEC from an SEC standpoint. Um, if you're wanting to get multiple teams in because you know Alabama sitting here thinking all right if we win the SEC West we're gonna have to play a team um, but right now you know we're gonna get a, a top four team lose this weekend between Georgia and Tennessee so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how it shakes up and um, man I love it so far it's a, it's pretty cool that the, the committee can I think this is the way the I think the committee is coming out and saying hey you gotta earn it you gotta earn it this year we're not right. gonna, we're not gonna just hand out we're not just going to hand out, you know, top four rankings to the teams uh, that, that look good to the eye test. Well, as anyone who's listening to this live or watching it live or listening to it later, we'd love to get your feedback. Here's down here at Mental Dime CFB. Let us know what you think. Agree, disagree, uh, whatever your thoughts are. We'd love to interact with you there. All right, so let's uh, move on a little bit. We'll come back to this as we get to these games of the week. But let's uh, talk a little bit about some news. Uh, of the week, several stories to talk about, uh, in no particular order. So, uh, but one Auburn, uh, as, as we have talked about in the past, we knew this was coming. It was just a matter uh, of when, not if uh, fires, uh, Brian uh, Harsick, he was uh, three and five this season, nine and 12 in his, in his two years at, uh, at Auburn. Now he was 69 and 19 and seven years at Boise state. So obviously he didn't forget how to coach. Obviously, there was a change in, in leadership um, at the athletic director position. And, um, you know, the, it, it appeared that the writing was on the wall that, that he was not wanted. Um, so in the interim, Auburn has named um, Cadillac uh, Williams as the interim coach for the rest of the season. If you recall, he, he played for them uh, and um, he, he was there when they went undefeated. I want to say I don't remember what year it was, but. But, but he's there, and he's been the running backs coach for three years, so he will be the interim coach. Certainly, uh, he will be coaching as if he's auditioning for the job. But some other interesting names have come up as, as potential targets. Again, I don't think any of these are, are uh, being touted from the university as here's what we're doing, but speculation. And two of the biggest names, and I want to get your thoughts on this, are Deion Sanders, primetime, Coach Prime, and another one is Lane Kiffin, who's who's in the um, SEC over at Ole Miss. So, one, uh, is there any chance that uh, Cadillac Williams can keep this uh, and get the interim tag uh, taken off and become the head coach? And if not, 
who do you think uh, uh, they're going to target? Doesn't mean they'll get them, but are, anybody else they would target between uh, Coach Prime and Lane Kiffin? And if not, uh, will any of those, either of those two guys, seriously consider this job? No, yeah, I think it's a great question. Um, you know, Cadillac Williams, if you recall, had a, you know he's a fantastic uh, running back, not just college level at Auburn, but had a, had a really good NFL career. So the guy obviously knows his stuff. Um, you know, I, I remember, you know, Cadillac Williams, of course, I, I think he had a, a really good career. He's a top five. Um, I know he's a top five pick. Gosh, I want to say we're trying to go back to dates, early, mid 2000s, 2005 ish, I think maybe that time. Um, and, you know, had, had a really successful uh, career with, with Tampa Bay before he got injured. So the guy obviously knows his stuff. And, and gosh, you got to think maybe right now I would think he's the front runner. Um, I mean, you look at how many of these schools are looking. It's the it's kind of the thing to do right now and bring back bring back your, your alma mater. I mean, we saw Scott Frost. I mean, uh, we saw Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech recently. I mean, you're seeing a lot of these coaches uh, being hired back from, from their alma mater. So it's kind of the thing to do. And, Auburn needs a spark right now. Um, they need something. They've, they've been down um, for, for a few years now. Um, I know they're still paying Gus Malzahn a hefty contract. They're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to be giving uh, Brian Harson, you know, a big buyout as well. So, so Auburn Auburn's looking to get this thing right if they're letting go of these coaches and not mind, minding paying the paying the uh, paying the buyout. But, Man, it'd be hard to overlook Dion and, and Lane Kiffin as well. You know, Dion obviously being down down there in in, in the southeast, and um, you know, at Jackson State, uh, being down there in SEC country, um, it's gonna be it'd be hard for Dion to, to to look away from that if he's offered the position. And heck, who would who would be uh, who would be crazy enough to not not offer Dion the position? I mean, if I'm Auburn, I'm definitely looking into that. And, Absolutely, and, and, and we're going to talk about him here in a little bit. Uh, I have read and, and heard some speculation. Again, I, I don't think this is anything that is is authorized, and I think it's probably just speculation, but that, that Auburn is looking for an SEC-type coach. So, obviously, Lane Kiffin already in the SEC. Obviously, uh, Cadillac Williams already at Auburn. Uh, so I don't, But with Williams, I don't know if they're going to associate the athletic director with the, the regime they just turned over or though, which they should recognize them as look one of their own who, who played here, who's from here, who knows, who knows the university, knows their traditions, that kind of thing. Um, look, I think um, if you can get Dion, I think you've got, you've got to get Dion. Now uh, I think coach prime right now, I mean, they're sitting there undefeated. He's in a great position where he can be selective on a job that, that, that he wants, that's going to fit. He talks a lot about what his mission is, so it's got to fit that mission too. Uh, this won't be the only job he'll have, um, uh, you know, potential to, to interview for. So I don't know that he wants to take it. I don't know. I mean, I don't know that Lane Kiffin necessarily wants to do it. I mean, he's done a great job so far at Ole Miss, and I don't know if he wants to try to, um, you know, finish what he started there or if, if the prestige – or perceived prestige, you know, Auburn is down at Auburn might, might be calling, but um, you know, I, I think uh, it'll be interesting and they've got to get, they've got to get this next hire, right. Cause they can't keep um, doing this, this carousel where they end up spending so much money in buyouts uh, rather than in, you know, paying the, the coach of their future, the long-term coach that they're, they're going to have. And I don't know what kind of message it, it might send to, 
uh, established coaches that maybe they don't want to go there. You know, um, you know, uh, somebody with uh, 69 and 19 and seven years at Boise State gets gets less than less than two years before he, he's out of there. So, um, you know, it, certainly uh, an up and comer would, would certainly jump at that chance. But maybe a more established coach who, who they might be interested in might might think twice about that, uh, given, um, you know, kind of the turnover that they've had. No, I mean that you're absolutely right. You know, if I'm a if I'm a coach that's out on the market, I'm I'm gonna probably second guess that job just a little bit, thinking, look, I, well, and, and it's hard. I mean, it's not this is not the perfect this is not the NFL. I mean, I mean at the college level, it takes it takes it takes years to 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 build a culture. It takes years to to get the class of recruiting kid. I mean. I mean, these kids, these guys, Brian Harson, he, he hasn't even been able to, to get a full recruiting class in through, you know, he's only been there two years. So, I mean, it's not the easiest thing in the world to, to you know, he's still he's still playing with players that Gus Malzahn and, and Gene Chizik had, um, you know, more than likely. And, and it's not the easiest thing in the world to, to have success in two years. I And look, you, you got to give credit to Auburn, you know, you know, the, the Board of Regents, the, the alumni and the donors. They're trying to get this thing right. If you're firing a coach after two years, you know you're passionate about your football. You're 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 wanting to get things right. If you're only giving a coach two years, but man, yeah, if I'm a coach right now, I'm 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 second guessing if 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 Auburn does want me, you know, how much leash are they going to give you? Um, you know, that's one thing. You bring up Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin's bounced around the SEC. I mean, Tennessee, Ole Miss. Um, you know, and I, I say this with all due respect to to Ole Miss. University of Mississippi, I think probably going from from Ole Miss to Auburn, talking football standards is is probably a, is a, is an upgrade as you know when it comes to history, when it comes to um, you know prestige. You know, you know Auburn. I mean, you think of Auburn, they're one of the premier college football programs. Um, you know, maybe they've gotten obviously overlooked, overshadowed by, of course, Alabama. But but Auburn, Auburn's had their time to shine. Auburn's been really solid over the last 20 years. They've had really good football programs. And that's probably a little bit of an upgrade if I'm if I'm Lane Kiffin, in my opinion. Um, as I, like I said, I said that with all due respect for Ole Miss, I think they've got some uh, real good stuff going down there in, in, in Oxford. But but if I'm but at the same time, Lane Kiffin hasn't had the most success there in the SEC as a head coach. This is the first time we're, we're really seeing. Lane Kiffin have a lot of success, and I, I, I'm with you. I think Lane Kiffin's a good coach. I really do. I think he needed time to mature. Um, I think offensively, he's a he's a mastermind. He's a really good offensive coach, and um, you know, it'd be hard. It'd be hard if I'm Lane Kiffin to to, to turn down that job. You know, uh, Ole Miss fans probably won't, won't ever forgive him for it if he does leave. But yeah, that that that's definitely at the top of the radar for any for any coach out there on the market that's looking for a new job. You got to think Auburn's at the top. Okay, and let's let's move on uh, from that. Some other news, obviously, everybody has seen or, or heard about the incident, the ugly incident with Michigan and Michigan State um, after after the game into the tunnel, and there was the the fight. Um, and anyway, Jim Harbaugh has issued a statement. I won't read you the whole thing, but I'm going to read uh, parts of it and like to get your thoughts on it. Coach, Coach Tripp, before you do, we're gonna, I'm going to just say where I, I had this. Tied into one of our segments later as well. Okay. I didn't want to give all of it, but go 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 ahead and give the statement. Okay. Well, I'll just read part of it, and then we can uh, and then we can move on. We can save the rest for later. He says um, we have an ongoing police investigation. What happened at the tunnel was egregious. 
It's sickening to watch the videos. There needs to be accountability, a full, thorough, timely investigation. And then further down, he says, an apology will not get the job done in this instance. There should be serious consequences for the many individuals that are culpable. So uh, there's that statement, a very strong statement coming out from Jim Harbaugh. And I don't know if you've, you've seen, but Michigan State um, has uh, originally um, suspended linebacker uh, Tank Brown, safety Angelo uh, Gross, defensive end Zion Young, and cornerback Kerry uh, Crump. But then it came out today and then also uh, suspended defensive ends Jacoby Windham, Brandon Wright, and cornerbacks Justin White and Malcolm Jones. So uh, it certainly seems like um, there's, there's, there's going to be a lot of pressure uh, to do maybe more than just suspend these individuals. Uh, and so we can get to that a little bit later in that segment. But it was uh, news when it happened. And then on top of the suspended original four, they've suspended four more. Um, so this is a, a, a really a black eye for that rivalry that, yeah, there's passion and there's there's, you know, hatred between the two teams, but not to this level. This is obviously unacceptable. And and so uh, I'll leave it at that until we get into those other segments. But I just wanted to mention that. And then the last uh, bit of news before we get into some other stuff, uh, Florida head coach uh, confirms that D-line and uh, Brendan Cox Jr. has been sus- um, dismissed from the team. He was a five-year redshirt junior, and uh, initially there was really no specifics given. Um, but then um, Napier has since said it's time to move on from Cox. It was a cumulative effect that led to Cox's dismissal, not one incident. Uh, and there was um, someone reported that uh, Cox appeared to punch Georgia running back Kenny McIntosh after McIntosh scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter of Saturday's loss to the Bulldogs. So uh, certainly if, if that was the only event, you'd be looking at some sort of suspension, discipline, um, but it sounds like there have been other events in the past, so that has led to him being um, dismissed from the team. So, uh, again, I, I hate these type of incidents because we had such a great week in college football. Then we come into today, we get the, the rankings that, that were a little bit surprising to us. We got some great games coming up this this weekend. And instead of talking about that and what's great about this sport that we love, we're having to dwell on these um, issues that, that kind of tarnish and give give the sport a black eye. No, you're absolutely right. And look, I, any any athletes out there that if, if you know that listen to our show, I know we've got some fantastic guests, and we've got any any anyone out there that that's aspiring to play a college sport or, or does play a college sport, um, you know, Coach Sheriff, I know you can attest to this as well. Um, you know, coming from coming from someone that played a college sport, look, I didn't play college football. You know, I played college golf, but but I don't think I don't, some of these players don't realize how much in the public eye they are. Look, look, I was, look, golf's not the most popular sport. I understand when you think of college sports, you think of football, you think of basketball. And look, I totally understand. I don't find any, any disrespect toward, towards my sport as well. But you, you got to realize how much you're actually in the limelight. You know, you know these, you're, you're looked at under a microscope. You're looked at by the, you're representing the university because Athletics is is the the biggest thing in in the United States that that represents universities. You know, when you think of colleges, you know, you don't. I mean, and you think of sports, you think of athletics, you think of college football, I think college basketball. And and look, when I was at Commerce, I mean, 
the athletic director drilled in our heads and and look hats off to, to Tim McMurray who did this. I mean, he would even drill it into to, to the golfers to us. Look, you guys are looked at in the community and, and as a whole. Uh, you guys are student athletes. You're representing this university. And a lot of these players, unfortunately, nowadays are are getting a little wild with some stuff. And and, and it's a shame to see that. It, it's a shame. You, you got Athletes are held to a higher standard for a reason. And, and, and look, you're seeing some of this terrible stuff in Michigan and Michigan State. Uh, you know, with Florida, you know, we, we've talked about Texas A&M in the past. Um, look, look, you got to – these kids need to – I get it, they're still kids. You know, they're still young. They're 18 to 22 years old. But you got to look – you got to realize how much you're looked upon. Uh, people look up to you, and it's not just kids that look up to you. It's every everyday people that enjoy college sports. They look up to these people. And, 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 and it's it's just a shame to see some of these, some of these incidents that are happening and, and I hope that college sports, I hope these coaches can can can, can fix this and get these things going in the right direction to get a hold of these players. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so um, obviously um, some really good games, and, and I don't want to you know dwell too much because we got a lot to talk about, but let's talk about just a, a couple of the games that I thought were uh, – we'll go through the top couple of them. We don't talk a lot about them, but number one at the time, Georgia – um, they, they handled Florida 42 to 20. Um, I don't think any anything uh, surprising there other than maybe, uh, as you alluded to, with the football rankings, maybe it wasn't as pretty a, a win as, as could have been. So Georgia went in. Five of Fansville. College football is back. They went in and handled their business. Um, now, the Ohio State-Penn State game, that was one I thought was um, really a, a good game. You know, Penn State was – was leading going into the fourth quarter, I, I believe. And then, and we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll both get to this, some of the other segments, but then there was a turning point. Ohio state scores uh, four touchdowns in six minutes and ends up, um, you know, kind of blowing out Penn state. I mean, uh, it ended up 44, 31. It's not necessarily a blowout, but they, they took control. And when it looked like Penn state was battling, going to, going to come down to the wire and Ohio state, um, not only did what they needed to do to win, but they they proved that you know they're a championship team. That was a really impressive uh, six minutes there. So, uh, any uh, obviously, I'm sure we'll get to to, to some of these uh, stats and some of our other segments. But anything jump out at you in that game? You no, know, I mean, I mean, Penn State played really well in that game, and, and the crowd you could tell it was it was kind of a I don't want to say low scoring game, but it really was, you know, a lot of points happened. Like you said, there late in the fourth quarter. It was a, it, it, it was a game that not too much offense, you know, there was a lot of punting going on back and forth. And, um, you know, Iowa state really, really had their work cut out there at the end and had to pull away. And I think that shows testament, you know, championship teams went on the road. Um, I think that's always been a great saying, you know, you'll love this. Greg Popovich used to say championship teams went on the road and, and, and Ohio state, showed their maturity um, at, a, at a really tough environment in Penn State. You know, the fans were fired up. I thought, thought James Franklin and Sean Clifford had a great game um, for, for, for the Nittany Lions, and, and they're a good program there at Penn State. They really are. Um, that's just their second loss of the season. But, but no, that, that was a really good game. C.J. Stroud looked composed. He didn't force anything. Marvin Harrison Jr. was great. for the, Oh, he was dominant. He was great. Yeah, he's my offense player of the week. We'll talk about that here later, but uh, I mean, it, it, it was a it was a good win for the Buckeyes. I think I think the college football committee probably took that into consideration. 
um, it was a good win for them for sure. Absolutely. Uh, if we go look at Tennessee, they they easily dispatched and dismantled Kentucky 44-6. Um, you know, I thought that this would be a, a closer game, you know, I, I, after, you know, Levis is back. But, you know, once he, he got injured a few weeks back, this wasn't really the same team. But I, I certainly thought that they would rise up and, and put up more of a fight. Um, they scored six points. Uh, Kentucky, that is, in the first quarter. And then that's it the rest of the game. Um, I think it's, it's a testament to how dominant Tennessee uh, is and was in that game. Um, M- Michigan handled their business 29 to seven. Um, and so really uh, two games I just want to touch on briefly and, and, and feel free to jump in and with any others uh, and certainly add to this TCU West Virginia, you know, we've talked before West Virginia is not an easy place to win and it's a long trip for TCU Uh TCU did not do what TCU has been doing week after week. They didn't get down big. Um, so they were able to go in there and they won 41 to 31. I think a really impressive performance against a team that on paper, you, you don't necessarily think West Virginia is really that good because their record's not great, but it's a really tough place to win. And so um, that keeps TCU uh, undefeated, keeps them in striking distance, you know, knowing that all these other big games are going to come. And then, the shocker of the week, uh, at least in my mind, was number nine, Oklahoma State at Kansas State. Um, Oklahoma State going in with just the one loss. Uh, Kansas State sitting there with two losses. We knew Kansas State was good uh, uh, and is good, but a 48-0 to zero beatdown by Kansas State over number nine, Oklahoma State, was not something I think anybody – um, predicted was looking for and if you say you weren't shocked by it uh, I'm not sure I'd believe it just an overall dominant performance by Kansas State um, really impressive and it, you know two teams I think they're, they're kind of the two teams that we've we've really you know jumped on the bandwagon I think you know Kentucky it's unfortunate how their seasons panned out for them because I think Kentucky's a better team than five and three um, I, I don't think I would have picked them to beat beat Tennessee, even if they were still rolling. But, you know, the injury bug catches catches a lot of teams, and it's been unfortunate. You know, it came down – Kentucky could easily just have the one loss. This could have been easily their first loss of the season. Um, I think Kentucky's better than a 5-3 and three team. They're uh, – you know, they did shock me this week. I didn't expect them to win, but I, I didn't expect them to just put up six points. I thought they would test Tennessee a little bit. And then – Man, I don't, I don't know what, what was going on with, with my team in Oklahoma State. I don't know if they had a little bit of a just a, a hangover after the Texas game or what. Um, I mean, Spencer Sanders, I mean, they're a better team than that. That, 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 was, that was very embarrassing. Um, look, look, Kansas State's a good team. I mean, I'm not going to take anything away from what Adrian Martinez and Deuce Vaughn have been able to do in that rushing attack. I mean, Kansas State can run over anybody. I'm not so sure they wouldn't be able to run over over Alabama and Georgia, uh, that team can just flat out run the football. And I was very disappointed in Oklahoma State. Um, I think they're a better team than that. Um, you've got a Heisman candidate-worthy um, quarterback in Spencer Sanders who hasn't looked the same ever since he got injured. Um, you know, he he let one he let the TCU game get away from him, and, and they just didn't show up in this game at all. And uh, very disappointing those two teams right there, Coach Tripp. I thought they 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 uh, they were better team. I think they're I think they are better teams than, than what they showed this past week. Absolutely, and, and I think what kind of adds insult to injury a little bit, at least from the outside, is 
you know, Kansas State, you know, Adrian Martinez, um, you know, not playing. And so I think it was just a perfect storm. But Oklahoma State is a much better team than they showed. Uh, and and they're, they're very talented, as we've seen uh, all the rest of the season through. So, um, all right. That's, so, yeah, that's another thing. That's, that's a great thing you pointed out. I mean, Martinez, I think, what, did did he actually even play or did he go down in the first quarter, I think? Um, uh, let me take a look. I'm not sure. I think, I think he went down in the first quarter and they just relied on Deuce Vaughn for the rest of the game. And it's like, wow, I yeah. thought Oklahoma State would have been a little bit more awake for that. Yeah, so um, passing-wise, Will Howard went 21 of 37 for 296 and uh, four TDs. Yeah. So, and then, um, uh, of course, Deuce Vaughn, 22 carries, 158 yards, 7.2 yards per carry, along as 62. So, uh, they just kind of just overwhelmed um, Oklahoma State, and I think it was just like you said, a, a trap game, a hangover game, and and I, I know, um, you know, coach will have them ready. Uh, you know, for the next game. So Mike Gundy's better than that. Yeah, he is. And he's a very, very good offensive minded coach. So, and he's a quarterback, a former quarterback. So he'll, he'll have those, uh, that offense rolling. All right. So let's get into, um, let's get into our players of the week. Um, if you haven't listened before, um, you should have, I'll, I'll ask you why not. No, I'm just joking. But anyway, what we do is we do an offensive player of the week, defensive player of the week, special teams player of the week. And then we'll kind of justify why, and then uh, we'll move on. So um, uh, you already kind of mentioned it. So why don't you start? We'll go back and forth. You do your offensive player of the week. I'll do mine, and we'll we'll move on. But, I, oh, I'm sorry. Do you uh, so so uh, I'll, I'll go with my my offensive player. Then I'll I'll throw it over to you. Yeah. Uh, I think we 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 might have the same one right here, Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, I mean, just. Taking up, taking up after his dad. His dad would be proud. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, I mean, he he has really kind of emerged as as maybe their number one receiver. Um, I know I know I was highly spoke of, of Jackson Smith and Jiva, but he he really just hasn't. And look, there's a lot of season left. He just he just hasn't entirely recovered yet. I don't think from his injury yet, from that hamstring injury. Marvin Harrison Jr. has just really emerged as that number one target there for obviously he's been really solid. So. Um, do you, I don't know if you have his stat line right there, but I know he, he just uh, – I know he saved the day for Ohio State. He's my offensive player of the day. Okay. I went a different direction. I went with Drake May, quarterback from UNC. Just went off a four, in a 42-24 win versus Pitt. 449 yards, five TDs, and zero interceptions. And so, um, you know, and, and against a rival Pitt. So, he, Drake May is my offensive player of the week. So – I bet we have the same defensive player of the week. Uh, I'll uh, uh, I'll let you go first. So in case in case we do, you can you can throw it out there. But uh, I would imagine we have the same defensive player of the week. Well, well, forgive me if I butcher the name, and forgive me if we don't have the same. But I, I'm gonna have to roll with another Buckeye right here, JT uh, Tua Malaho. I'm not sure if exactly is that what you got. Is that how you're gonna? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, two, yeah, Tua Maloa. I think you're right, but I. Uh, I apologize if we butchered it. Didn't I'm trying to. I'm trying to pronounce it the best how how it sounded on the broadcast on Fox this past weekend. But man, uh, feel free to jump in and give his stat line right there. I know he's all over the place. Did knocked out the trifecta. I think he had a pick, a forced fumble, a touchdown. I mean, he was all over the place. Yeah, what? he had he had six tackles, two sacks, two interceptions, one of which was a pick six, three tackles for loss, one forced fumble, one fumble recovery. 
in a, in a huge win versus Penn State, 44-31. So, yeah, he, he was – he was all over the place and disruptive, and, and they could not account for him uh, for sure. And I'll tell you what, Coach Tripp, that, that right there will catch a lot of NFL scouts. That, you know, uh, an edge rusher right there is, is, is one of the most important, has emerged as, as maybe outside of quarterback, the most important position in, in the NFL. So if you've got yourself a good edge rusher, I mean, I'm speaking from being a Cowboys fan. You look at how important the Cowboys are and how much they value Micah Parsons. I mean, you can oh, yeah. How much the edge rushing position in the NFL? Um, so he'll he'll definitely be on some scouts' radar uh, if he keeps that up for sure. Absolutely. All right. So who do you have for special teams player of the week? We probably, probably maybe maybe they're same, but I don't. Nothing stood out to me that was so dominant that I would think we have to be on the same page here. So who do you got? I've got a uh, I've got a redshirt senior from from Dallas, Texas. He's he's an Oklahoma Sooner, uh, Michael Turk. He was also named. He was named the uh, Big Twelve uh, Special Team Player of the Week after after the Sooners were able to knock off Iowa State uh, twenty-seven to thirteen. Uh, you know he was booting at about fifty yards. Uh, he had six punts this past weekend, and he also threw a two-yard touchdown pass on a fake field goal in the second uh, second quarter. So so hats off to to Michael Turk uh, throwing himself a touchdown. Uh, he was he was pinning the Cyclones in deep. He was averaging almost 50 yards a punt. So so Michael Turk, he's also the Big 12 uh, special teams player of the week. He's my he's my special teams player. All right, that's good. I saw the I saw the fake uh, field goal. So that was that was creative. All right, I want a different uh, a d- different person. Uh, and if I get this name wrong, I apologize. Uh, Adam Porsack from Rutgers. Uh, yeah. He yeah. he had five punts for 256 yards. So that's a touch over 51 yards uh, on average, no touchbacks, two of the five were inside the 20. And really the reason that that average is so high was because he, one of his kicks was a 77 yard punt. So he's kind of a rugby. I think he's Australian, but uh, you know, that's the only bright spot for Rutgers as they lost 31 to zero to to Minnesota, but uh, an impressive stat line. And I guess it says all you need to know about the game when you're, when you're, superstar of the week is your punter but anyway uh, great great numbers for him so um, special lives matter absolutely absolutely so all right um before we get into uh games of the week and and stuff we want to get into some of your segments Uh, i know it's going to touch on some of the things you know from the news that we've already talked about um we can go either uh heroes or zeros or we can do overreaction first whichever whichever you want to go with well, you know, we're, we're recapping a lot from this last week, so so we'll keep it on the, the heroes and zeros. Um, uh, you want to kick things off? You want to you want to give your heroes of the week? Yes, I'll go. Um, I'll go heroes first. I'll I'll do my three, and then we'll kick it over to you. And then, uh, all right. So, and and we may have the same ones. I don't know. My my first one, and this is no particular order, is uh, TCU remains undefeated going on the road to defeat a tough West Virginia team, 41-31, sitting at 8-0, uh, number seven, you know, uh, not the college football rank, but that's where they're sitting. So they're in striking distance. They've avoided the hangover. They've had those big wins where they had to come from behind, and they just can't. Hey, okay. Uh, and so they've avoided any hangover and kept rolling. So they're my first hero of the week. My second hero of the week, this is Jackson State. 
uh, where Coach Prime is. They they had College Dame game day come visit. They did not allow that to be a distraction. Um, they were uh, uh, to distract them. They're eight. No, they won thirty five to zero. They're sitting in first place, uh, and. Um, because of uh, Coach Prime and because of the players and the record they have, they're bringing so much attention to the uh, HBCUs, um, which I think is good for everyone. The only downside might be they brought so much attention that, that Prime may may end up leaving. But uh, my hero is, is Jackson State, that football team, that program, Coach Prime, um, you know, getting that done. <coughs> Excuse me. And my last hero um, is Ole Miss. Uh, because they bounced back after that loss to LSU. They were undefeated. They, everyone, a lot of people, myself included, thought that they would go in and beat, uh, you know, they defeat LSU. They lost. It was, it was somewhat surprising. And then they had to go on the road to AM, and uh, which is not an easy place to play either. And they were able to win that game and to, to top it all off. Uh, in Lane Kiffin fashion, on his way out the door, he threw some jabs at Jimbo Fisher um, about yeah. – um, you know, maybe Jimbo has a Joker outfit for me and then the clowns and things like that. So I could have maybe done without that, but that's Lane being Lane. But I think the bounce back, um, you know, it might have been easy for kind of a, a, you know, what we've seen with, with Kansas, Kentucky, where they lose one and then they, they kind of go on a little losing streak. So those are my heroes of, of the week. Uh, what do you got for us, T-Mac? I'm going to I'm gonna um, kick it off with, with Kansas State right here. Um, you know, I think maybe you might mix in a little bit of um, – I'm going to counterbalance it with Oklahoma State in my zeros because I, I think it's a mixture of both. And, and Kansas State played play fantastic. And I think Oklahoma State just didn't show up at the same time. Uh, you know, when you win 48 to nothing, especially against a top-10 team in the nation, I mean, I think that's, that's hero-worthy right there. Uh, Kansas State's a good football team. I mean, just the two losses on the year. Kansas State's a, a really solid program. Um, I, I love what they're building there. I think at the end, Adrian Martinez missed most of the game, but that rushing attack with him and him and Deuce Vaughn is something really special they've got going there. And there's a lot of teams that are struggling to figure that out right there. So uh, they're my number one coming in at the week, um, winning 48 to nothing. My next one, you'll like this one right here, Coach Tripp, is, uh, excuse me, is, is Notre Dame going on the road to the Carrier Dome and uh, knocking off Syracuse. Um, you know, I've been bashing Syracuse all year. They played a good game against Clemson. I didn't think they were worthy. They go in there and they, they prove me wrong, but now they're I'm, I'm, I might have to go back on them again. I don't know. Uh, Notre Dame, uh, it's got to be the most points they've scored all year, able to go in there and drop 41 on a, on a pretty good Syracuse team, or at least I thought it was a pretty good Syracuse team. So who knows? You, you know, Marcus Freeman's got to love that. I know, I know Coach Triplett's got to – got to love that. Yeah, I was, I was fired up for that, and, and it was hard for me not to pick Notre Dame as a hero, but I, I tried to avoid being too much of a, of a homer. So, But I appreciate you picking them. I got you. I got you. My, uh, my number three right here is a, is, is a, uh, a Conference USA game. Um, I'm actually going to give hats off to, to uh, North Texas right here. Um, North Texas is playing some pretty good football in conference. They're just five and four on the year, but – their, their only conference losses to our uh, our friends down in San Antonio, UTSA. Um, was, that the, was that the game you went to? Was that the one? No, you- I, I went to UTSA in Western Kentucky. Okay. Hey, oh, well, this is the team that North Texas just knocked off was Western Kentucky. They're uh, a good football team. They really are. And my goodness, I mean, I, you know, North Texas exploded for uh, for for 20 points in the in the fourth quarter. And, 
um, was able to really pull away. This was a close game going into the fourth. He was 20 to 13. And uh, Austin, Austin on, you know, there for North Texas, um, he's really been slinging around through for 322 yards. And I think that was kind of an upset. I didn't, I didn't expect them to go into, uh, into Western Kentucky and, and win like that 40 to 13 on the road. So uh, another hero right there is North Texas. And I'll tell you what, UTSA is going to watch their back if they're going to, uh, they they got North Texas chomping at the bit right there, right behind them at four and one in conference play. Um, move it over to the zeros. I'll I'll take it from here with the zeros. Um, it, it pains me to say this. Uh, I guess I'm I'm not going to be biased though. Texas Tech got to throw them at the top of my zeros. Uh, really disappointed in my Red Raiders this week. Um, I really thought they were going to take care of business against Baylor pretty easy. Um, you know, Morton went in there. I thought I thought Morton played played a decent game for the Red Raiders. He was just playing from behind the whole time, and um, you know he's still learning. He's just a freshman, and uh, you know Baron he'll, he'll he'll get it figured out for the Red Raiders. But I really expected them to to beat Baylor and take care of business pretty easily at home, uh, and they fall to Baylor, a, a very up and down Baylor team. Baylor's kind of hard to figure out. I, I can't tell if. If, you know, the Big 12 is like that. You can spoil anybody's season any given week. Look, Tech, Tech was going to always say their season was spoiled. Baylor's, Baylor's a team that's kind of hard to figure out. They can they can play with the best of them, and they can they can play down to their competition as well. Um, yeah, and absolutely. I want to say, too, I was a little – they're not on my list, but I was a little disappointed, you know, uh, we had taken um, Gabe and my son to Texas Tech. I know. And he was really excited, and so I, I was really hoping – um, you know, of course we watched them on TV, but I was hoping they would win to, to maybe cement that idea into his head. Like, hey, man, I really want to go there, but we'll see. He he had a great visit there, really enjoyed it, and, and was really impressed with it. So, hopefully, uh, he can he can put that that loss aside. And te- Tech's going to get f- things figured out. You know, you got to expect they're going to be a little little bumpy, a little up and down with a with a new coach in there. And I think Joey McGuire is great, but he's still trying to get things. He, get get all moved in get things get get things right. sorted out and, and and leveled out there in Lubbock so uh, I think Tech will be all right with him my number two is uh is is your Kentucky Wildcats <laughs> really disappointed I didn't expect him to win but man I didn't expect him to score only six points at Tennessee and look I think that shows uh, I think he, he shows how good Tennessee really is I mean 44 to six um I thought Will Levis I think Will Levis is still a good player but I think he's still you know trying to get back into into the groove of things coming back from an injury. But I expected Kentucky to put up a little bit of a better fight right there. That, that's really all I've got to say about them. And then, then my number three is, of course, Oklahoma City. I didn't expect him to score zero points. That was that was just – I was embarrassed for him. I'm not really an Oklahoma State fan. I, I jumped on the bandwagon a little bit. And for him, but I, I expected I expected Oklahoma State to put up a better fight. I mean, zero points. I mean, come on, Spencer Sanders. Come on, Mike. I mean, I mean at least score. I mean, yeah, uh, uh, that one I can go with you. I had um, my zeros. I had uh, Oklahoma State. They were number eight going in, you know, six and one. And and uh, it's the way they lost a blowout loss, 48-0 to, to Kansas State, you know, when when they really uh, had come off a, a good win and, and, you know, were looking to make a statement that, that they belong and, and, you know, maybe could make an outside push for the playoffs and, and that. That really hurt them. So that's my uh, first zero. My second one um, was Wake Forest. Um, Number 10 um, going in, they lost 48 to 21 to conference rival Louisville. 
Um, so I really thought, you know, Wake, Wake Forest started the season really well. Uh, and, and again, this is kind of what I talked a little bit about why I praised Ole Miss, you know, when, when Wake Forest lost, you know, you, you want to see how they respond and, and they, you know, they ha- haven't really, uh, you know, done too bad, but you'd like to see them certainly uh, take care of a Louisville team that's not very good. And then my last one was was the Penn State, and and it's not because they lost, because I thought the game was really good and they played really well. It was that um, that giving up four TDs in six minutes. It was um, the most minutes, yeah. Yeah, I mean that that it's just kind of the way that 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 it imploded. Now look, it, it's not that they imploded necessarily. Give, I mean, Ohio State's really good. We just talked about the you know the defensive player of the week who who just went um, you know went crazy with with you know, interceptions, forced fumble, you know, so give credit to them, but you're in the game, you're, you're making a game of going into the fourth quarter and you just got to keep, you know, keep going, get, keep moving the ball, keep putting points on. And then boom, it just, it just imploded. So not because they lost, but I think the way that they lost uh, in that, that, that flurry and, and maybe it would have been more appropriate to, to put Ohio state as the hero. But I just thought when you kind of collapse like that, that to me was uh um, you know, not something uh, that that you can that you can do. So I I agree. I mean, yeah, you're you're a Penn State fan. You're you're definitely disappointed in how those last few minutes went in that game. So, um, lot lots of good games. Um, we're gonna have our heroes and zeros every week, of course, Coach Trip. And I think uh, I think we had six good ones right there for each way. So, um, you want to move on to. It seems like it, we need to change the segment to Overreaction Tuesday. You want to? Yeah, I think we do, and I apologize for that. Just we're in the thick of high school football here, and it's just never know, you know, what the practice schedule is going to be like. So, but anyway, Overreaction Tuesday, let's do it. Great segment. All right, all right, we'll move into it right here, um, Coach Trip. I don't know if you if you read this article or not. It actually it's got a little bit of a basketball tie-in, but of course. Um, it, it does go in hand in hand with, with football as well. Um, Bill Walton came out and of course, you, you know, Bill Walton of absolutely uh, UCLA uh, legend, you know, played in the NBA for many years. He's a, he's a, he's a color analyst, you know, for ESPN uh, d- during basketball season. He's he, I'll tell you what, he's very colorful. That's for sure. He's about, when you think of color analyst, Bill Walton's very colorful. He'll, uh, he'll go out there and do some off the wall things on the broadcast. So, He's fun to keep up with, but um, he, he he talked to, uh, to to some media and um, a little bit, and he was you know he's he he wants it's you know just like Bill Walton a little bit off the wall came out and said he wants UCLA to rescind their going to the Big Ten right here. Um, I'll read a little bit of this article right here, and we'll we'll give our overreaction or not. So um, he said Tuesday he doesn't support. Uh, that was today. He said he didn't support the Bruins' proposed move to the Big Ten, and it says hope and dream that the move will be rescinded. Um, he, he talked to a, in a written statement to a to a columnist. He expressed he expressed his disappointment in his alma mater. Um, he said, "I'm not in favor of the move to leave the Pac-12." Um, he said, "I don't like it. I don't support it. I don't think that the Big Twelve or the Big Ten is in the best interest of UCLA, its students, its athletes, its alumni, its fans, and the rest of uh, the University of California system, the state of California and the world world at large. Um, 
he said, and he makes a great point right here. He says, he says he cites the increased costs and increased travel for student athletes um, as one of his uh, main reasons behind his feelings. He says it's all about football and, and money. Um, he hasn't talked to anybody at all, but he makes some really good points right there. So, so I guess the, our, our topic right here on Overreaction Tuesday is um, should UCLA, is an overreaction or not, UCLA should rescind its move to the Big Ten after one of its most prominent alumni comes out and speaks against it? I'm going to say that is an overreaction. And I'm, I don't disagree with, with his supposition. Uh, what I think that, that, that can't be understated is like, look, uh, and, and again, I'm speaking, you know, because it's a college football podcast, oh. but they're not, people aren't supporting, I mean, they are a little bit this year because they're winning, but people aren't su- supporting UCLA. People aren't supporting USC at these games. You, you look at, you know, some of these games uh, prior to this year, I mean, that's empty Rose Bowl. It, yeah. And it's half empty. You know, so people, yeah. yeah. So it's one thing to say they shouldn't move, but they've got to do something to to try and improve their brand. And if if going if if they feel that moving there is going to one maybe uh, help with recruiting, which would would get them some more talent, which would get them some more wins, which may translate into more fans. Uh, you know, you may make up some of that money. Look, we've talked before. I, I'm not in favor of this in general either. I, I like the geographical or regional. Uh, conferences uh, like I grew up with, but in this case, I think he is um, he, he is talking about it from a an alumni from a fan and and kind of a nostalgic thing. And look, I, I wish it could be that way, but the thing for them not to leave because um, I don't want them to, you know, I think that the the financial reasons and, and the other impacts. And he is right; this move is about football. I think kind of outweigh that. And I wish it weren't that way, but I think it's an overreaction to expect them to rescind that because Bill Walton came out against it. Yeah, no, no, I agree a hundred percent. I think it probably is a little bit of overreaction as well. Um, look, Bill Walton makes every point. Like you said, I, I agree a hundred percent with, with what Bill Walton said. I agree a hundred percent with what you're saying. I wish it wasn't happening. Um, but, but I think it's an overreaction to say that they should rescind um, their move to the Big Ten. Um, look, you, you know it perfect. Look, if it, you know they're not really supporting you know, it, you know. You know, look, college athletics, and I hate it that it's gone this way. I've I've served on different committees. I've been a part of, of the student athlete advisory count committee. Look, the NCA, you know, it, it's a money making thing. And, and look, you know, and that's what you know that's what UCLA and, and the Pac-12 and the Big Ten are looking at right there. It's a money move. Um, you know, and, and to say that they should rescind it, look, like you said, I mean, UCLA's, you know, look, if you want to support your program, you know, go out there. I mean, the Rose Bowl hosts 100,000 100, people. I mean, it, it's as big as Jerry World, AT&T Stadium in Dallas. I mean, it, it, get out there. I mean, we're, we're looking at, at some of these games. And UCLA's a good team. UCLA's yeah. good this year. I don't know why they're not selling it out. Um, I think every point Bill Walton makes is is spot on. Um, look, it's going to hurt all these athletes traveling to the Eastern time zone when you're on the West coast. Um, it's going to hurt a lot of these sports right here. And, but I do think it's a little bit of an overreaction to say that they should rescind it. I think they're, they're too far in. I think it's, I think they're at a point where there's no going back. Um, I look, I'd love it if, if they rescind it. I think that'd be, I'd love it as a fan. I'd love it as a, as a, as someone that, that, I do. I like UCLA. I like their. I like. I like watching them in basketball. I like watching them in football. I think they're a fun team to watch. And 
Um, I, I'd love it if they were sent in, but I think well, I mean, you've got and you've got two between USC and UCLA, two of the the most uh, creative, offensive-minded coaches. You know, Chip Kelly and Lincoln Riley. Yeah, get out there and support them, man. Go, yeah. go watch those games because if if you don't, not you only is not a, not only it. yeah, not only is this move going to happen, but if if you still don't support them, those coaches are going to leave, and then you're going to have two teams in your city with yeah. coaches different coaches and your teams won't be very good. So yeah, get out there and support them. You can't really fault the people that are, that are trying to make this move possible, make this move happen because look, they're trying, they're trying to make money. They're, they're, they're wanting the best for those universities, whether, whether it's a money grab or not, they want the best for the university. And, and, and I agree hundred percent, get out there and support your team. I mean, it's Los Angeles for crying out loud. It's the second most populated city. I don't even know what their, their, their enrollment looks like, but, for crying out loud, guys, get out there and support your 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 athletic teams, especially when they're doing when they're as successful as they are right now. Um, I'll get off my soapbox a little bit. We'll move on to the topic we were talking about earlier. Um, gosh, you hate to see something like this. Um, look, Coach Tripp, I get their kids. They're 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 not they're not young adults quite yet. They're still I'm not, I'm not comfortable calling eighteen to twenty two year olds adults yet because. Look, I was there. I made dumb decisions when I was in college. I think I was a pretty well-behaved college student athlete for the most part. But look, I wasn't—I I didn't do everything perfect. Um, should criminal charges be brought forward to these Michigan State players, Tank Brown, Angelo Gross, Zion Young, uh, Kari Chump, after assaulting Michigan's uh, Jermon Green and Jaden McBurrows? Um, and, and look, I hope anybody out there. I, I, it's it's not a it's not a pretty video to watch. Um, I mean, it's it's a straight up assault right there. Should you think criminal charges should be brought forward, Coach Trip? You think it's over? Actually, yeah. not for criminal charges to be brought forward. So, full disclosure, I have not watched the video, and so I think uh, there, there's a number of things at play here. Now, um, both teams are going into that same tunnel, which is which is not ideal. But knowing that, knowing as a bit of rival, you know, they've got to take precautions as far as. Um, having security there, letting one team go, one and the other. But at the end of the day, um, they shouldn't have to do that, but they need to do that. Um, but uh, not having seen the video, um, but if the assault is as as egregious as uh, in the words of Jim Harbaugh uh, that it was, I, I think yes, because I think at some point what we're seeing right now is an escalation of, of bad behavior uh, across the sport. And uh, there needs to be at some point when something terrible happens, some consequences strong enough to, to give somebody down the road pause that I'm not going to do this because it could cost me my scholarship. It, it could land me you know, in jail. It could get me kicked out of the university uh, before somebody gets you know, seriously injured and before you know, uh, something so bad happens that, that you can't take it back. So I would say yes, because all these things that we're seeing, people getting suspended, people getting um, kicked off the team. You know, they're going to different universities. It seems like um, the only way to maybe get their attention is to to take the one thing that they really love, and that's, um, you know, being able to play the sport. And if they get charges pressed on them, you know, maybe that, that makes them sit out, not not be able to play at least for a year or so while they while they handle their legal problems. But something's got to be done to, to curb this um, – uh, this violence and these things that are happening uh, on and off the, off the field. So well, I do not think it's an overreaction. Look, give a little bit of a rundown. I don't want to go too far into it, but um, you know, if, if you've watched Michigan, you know, it's an old stadium. 
Um, both teams have to enter through the same tunnel. And and what happened with the, with these two Michigan players, uh, Jermon Green and, and Jade McBurrows left the field a little bit early, um, you know, to get off the field. And they just happened to be in the tunnel at the same time as the, the Michigan State players. And look, they Michigan State was frustrated. They just gotten beaten down. Um, it was a blowout. Um, it was a it was a more of a it was a jumping. Um, I know I know two different players were involved for for Michigan. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure who was who uh, from the video. I know Jermon Green, Jaden McBurrows were the two right there that were assaulted. Um, it, it's 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 a nasty video. I mean, it's, there's kicking, there's punching, there's you know we, you know four or five players all around this this one individual, and it's it's it it, it looks like a, it's just a jumping. It's just these players going after this this poor guy. And look, he was just leaving the field early. It's just an, unfortunate that he, he went through the tunnel at the same time as the Michigan State players. And look, they were, they were frustrated. I'm not making an excuse for Michigan State players. I'll tell you where I draw the line, though, is 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 there's another – there's an ABC uh, – the game was televised on ABC. There's an ABC cam that catches – and like I said, I don't, I don't want to name names exactly. I don't know who is who, um, where, where a helmet was involved um, and assaulting using the helmet. And look, I don't know if you remember the Miles Garrett incident with yes. Mason a few years ago. I mean, you look at, I mean, I mean, look at Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph have made up They're I think they're even buddies now they've made up, I think, but I mean, that, that's a weapon. A, a football helmet is a weapon. When you start swinging that thing at players, I mean, that can kill someone. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and look, I don't think that was their intent. I don't think they were trying to kill someone. I don't think they were trying to, you know, brutally injure these two players. I think they were, they were frustrated after a, after a bad, after a big blowout loss, I think they were mad. Um, but but the second the second you bring a weapon into play, that that that's where something that's where I draw the line right there. So, look, I think I think I think why these players haven't been charged yet, I think why these players haven't been kicked off the team yet, is because they're probably still investigating it. I'm the biggest fan of second chances. I hope I, I I'm the biggest fan of second chances. I think these I I I think everybody deserves a second chance. Um, I'm I'm happy for players. For individuals that have made the best of second chances, um, look, look, it, it's a gruesome video. I think these players deserve to be punished. Um, I, I hope they get punished. Um, and I'm going to go out on a limb right here. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say that these guys are, are good human beings um, and that they've made a they, they made a mistake. Um, I'm going to disagree with you here, Coach Tripp. And, and it, it's hard for me to say. I, I I don't think criminal charges should be brought forward. I think I think it's a football game. I think it's a it's an gruesome sport. Um, I know this incident took place off the field. Um, and, and I hope this is the first time these players have gotten in any kind of trouble. Um, and, and I think everybody deserves a second chance. I'm going to say, I, I, I think it's uh, an overreaction to say that criminal charges should be brought forward. I, I hope things get, get sorted out. I, I hope these players get the kind of um, suspension, the kind of um, disciplinary action that they deserve. And I hope they learn from it. I really do. I hope these players learn from it that you can't act in that that behavior, and you need to realize: look, you're looked at upon. You're, you represent that university. Um, you, you represent Michigan State University right there. And, um, and and I hope these players do get a second chance. I really do. Um, we'll, we'll move on, move on from that a little bit. Get back into football a little bit. I, I appreciate your thoughts right there. Thank you very much. Um, I, I think you you nailed every point right there. Look, you're a football coach. I know you you know better than anything. Um, how you, how you want these players out and how you want them to conduct themselves. But, uh, moving on to some, I don't know if this is necessarily happier news, but <laughs> it is it is more football news right here. Uh, Coach Tripp, was it an overreaction 
by Auburn to fire Brian Harson after just two seasons? Man, normally I would say yes, but it, from all accounts, it was a, a doomed uh, relationship when the new AD came in. And, and I think um, right or wrong, once that decision been made, I think it probably should have been done in the offseason because it was clear that, that they, they didn't want uh, Harson as the head coach. And so to let him, you know, go eight games into the season and fire him, I think is like is, teasing him. Uh, yeah, but I think uh, I think they probably should have done it earlier because their intention was to get somebody else in. I think he cut ties with them in the offseason so he can go e- either get a broadcasting job. Maybe you could find a job late, but at least, you know, start preparing for, for the next next things that go on. And then you could focus on bringing in uh, your guy. So um, why why I don't. I don't know all the politics behind it. I know that it was clear that they were going to move that direction anyway, so I think they should have done it before the season. Now, uh, doing it right now, eight games into the season, you've already committed that he's going to be your guy for the season. Yes, it's an overreaction. Let it play out. You know, it's it's not – they weren't 0-8. Uh, you're in the SEC. Uh, they can make is, a bowl game. Yeah, yeah, which is really tough. Let it play out, and then, you know, then if it – you know, if it's if he's doesn't make the bowl, whatever, you've, you've got that, but – this was clearly a calculated thing and they just couldn't stand it any longer. So they got rid of them. So I think they should have done it sooner, but since they let them start the season, yes, it's an overreaction. Had they done it before? No, it's not an overreaction because they had no intention of keeping them to begin with. I, I, you couldn't have said it better. I agree hundred percent. I think it's an overreaction. Look, I mean, two seasons, you can't get anything done. I mean, I mean, especially if you're at a program that might be considered rebuilding a little bit, Look, I mean, college college has got to be – look, I know we've got all these guys that are just recruiting legends in the in, in the sport. You've got Urban Meyer. You've got Nick Saban. You've got all these guys that are well-known recruiters. They can – it just comes second nature to them. But recruiting is not easy. Um, and, and, and in two seasons, you can't get the guys out there that you want. Uh, I know the transfer portal has made it a little bit easier to change things up, but – you can't get the guys you want in there in, in two seasons. You can't get your culture built. And I think it's a little bit of an overreaction that it, that he, he, he lasted this short of time because, you know, you're, you're setting the guy up for failure if he's only got two seasons. I mean, and I've made the same comment about the University of Texas. These guys aren't getting enough time. I mean, it takes time to build culture. And, look, Auburn, Auburn's in a win-now mode. They want to win. Um, and, and, like I said, I, I, I think it's it might be a little bit of an overreaction. Um, I don't think it's an overreaction that he's fired. I, I agree 100%. I think it could have take, taken place before the season. You get a new AD in there. He's going to have a change of leadership, have a, have a change of, of of coaching style, coaching philosophy, people he's, he likes to hire. So you can make that argument as well. But the fact that they're doing it during the middle of the year in a season that they can make a bowl game. Right. Uh, yeah, like you said, they're not they're not horrible. Um, they're not up to Auburn standards, but they're – they're not horrible. I, you know, let let it ride out a little bit longer, and and then I, I say take this into the offseason a little bit. But uh, a final point right here, Coach Tripp. Appreciate your thoughts. Um, I was waiting. I, it was a fill in the blank on my sheet right here. Um, so we'll go ahead and of course announce it. Uh, Tennessee uh, filling in the blank is deserving to be ranked uh, number one in the first college football playoff rankings. Absolutely not an overreaction. Uh, I think they've earned it uh, on the field with their play, not just their record, um, but with the way they're winning, with with what they're doing. Obviously, they they knock off uh, Alabama, um, but the way they're winning, uh, offense, defense, everything is just clicking. Now, look, 
Uh, I may eat my words that they get blown out this Saturday, but based on the body of work so far, so far, I think it is not an overreaction to say that they belong to be number one. I agree with you 100%, Coach Tripp. I, they're a team that I've, I guess I kind of replaced Oklahoma State with. I'm kind of, kind of enjoying this Tennessee run right here. Um, I don't think it's an overreaction that they come in at number one. Um, I think they've been the most impressive team so far. Does that mean they're the best? Uh, we'll see this weekend. Um, we'll see if they ever have to match up with Ohio State or, or Clemson at the time being when the top four comes around. We'll see. That's why college football is a is a 12, 13 game schedule. So you get you get plenty of uh, you get a big sample size from it. But um, no, I don't think it's an overreaction. I think Tennessee has been the most impressive team. It uh, doesn't mean they're the best, like I said, but I think they have been the most impressive. So I don't think it's an overreaction either. All right. Perfect. All right. I got a question for you. Obviously, um, for most people, and I would assume both of us, the, the game of the week this week is number now number one, Tennessee at number two, Georgia, based on the college football polls. But I'm going to give you uh, so that's a given that, that we're watching that. That's that's the game of the week. But I'm going to give you three games and you tell me which of the three, if you could only pick one to watch what uh, who, who it is and why. So here are the games. Um Alabama at LSU, Texas at Kansas State, or Clemson at Notre Dame. I'll tell you what, Coach Tripp. I think that uh, uh, I really like that 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 top ten matchup, that that SEC game right there. We're gonna Alabama's playing for their season at this point. Alabama's hanging on by a thread, uh, and and look, give. Give credit to Brian Kelly where they he's got an LSU. I mean, we've talked about this in weeks past. We haven't really taken Brian Kelly serious. And look at, I mean, they're a top ten team now, and 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 rightfully so. I think LSU is has proved to a bunch of people that that they're a good team right here, and they're coming in, at, you know, at number ten. That's going to be a fun game, and it, that place is going to be rocking there there in Baton Rouge. It's going to be a tough environment for for Alabama. Alabama hasn't been the most impressive. It's not the most impressive Alabama team we've seen in years past. Uh, Bryce Young. And this is where Heisman moments are made right here for moments like this. Bryce Young, you're a Heisman winner. Um, you're going to be in the thick of it again at the Heisman ceremony this year. This is where, where moments like this are made. Um, those other games sound intriguing, but I'm definitely uh, looking forward to that 6v10 six, six matchup right there, especially being in Baton Rouge on the road. Okay. So uh, I would say um... – and that game is at 6 p.m. So if I could go to any one of those three games, that's the game I want to go to. I want to be at that. I want to tailgate with them. I want to be in that environment. I've, I've heard, you know, Baton Rouge at a night game is is phenomenal. If I can't go to it, uh, I'm really intrigued by the, the, the Texas at Kansas State. Um, obviously, as a Notre Dame fan, I, I love the, the Clemson matchup, but I, I'm not sure um, – what to think of that. I think that Texas, Kansas State, just because we saw what Kansas State is capable of, uh, we know that Texas is seems to be teetering, yeah. teetering on, on greatness. You know, they, they look really good, and then they, and they flounder really good. And, and I think Quinn Ewers, need, this could be a statement game for him for this uh, season. So that's the one I would be most intrigued if I'm just watching on my television. But if I could go to one, I want that Bama at LSU game. Man, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. It's this is a good weekend for college football. Like you said, we got some good matchups coming up. That uh, that's going to be a tough test for Texas on the road, being in Manhattan. Yeah. Uh, and and I was actually talking with with someone out here earlier, one of our one of our members out here um, at the golf course, who was a um, you know 
pitched in the major leagues for, for 12 years, uh, won a national championship with the University of Texas. He said uh, if, if Texas doesn't beat Kansas State this week, it could be a repeat of last year. He thinks Texas could go 5-7. and seven. He thinks – which was a bold prediction. I was like, whoa, uh, I don't know if I agree with that. But um, he says if, if Texas lose to Kansas State, if you haven't looked at Texas's record, they've got some tough games going down the road. They've got to – They've got to deal with Kansas again. I know t- Kansas has, you know, got them last year. So uh, this is a big way. I think this is a big game for UT right here, according according to some alma mater uh, for for the Longhorns right there. So it's a good slate, good weekend for college football. I think every weekend's good weekend for college football. But uh, I'm fired up for those for these games as well. I can't wait. I can't wait to put some money on Tennessee because they are they are the underdogs going to Georgia. So I can't wait. I can't wait. Let me look at their line real fast before we close up. I, I want to say, uh, oh no, Georgia's Georgia's eight point favorites in that game. So I can't wait to hit Tennessee money line in this game right here. All right, well there you have it. Some uh, free betting uh, tips there from T Mac. <laughs> I don't know so, if you want to. I don't know if you want to tell me right there, but but uh, I'll be definitely rolling with Tennessee. I was going to say if, if I can win some money, if you bet and it doesn't work, there you go at T at TM underscore <laughs> Swish, so you can let them know how you feel. So, all right. Well, hey, my friend, I appreciate it. Uh, episode number 20 uh, in the books. Another great weekend coming up. Um, and then uh, I will see you Friday night for our high school game. So uh, until then, and then for everyone listening, please uh, listen, subscribe, like, share. And we will see you guys next week, probably Tuesday again. But we'll keep you updated. Until then, see you.